0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things to L-G-B on the L-O-B, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. October 1st, uh, the fall air football. Folks, we are into it here. Um, And always, we appreciate you for making Locked On Browns your first listen each and every day. And just a reminder, as always, whatever your podcast app is, Locked On Browns, free and available for you every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool Today's episode again brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today and get $10 off at RunYourpool slash runyourpool.com slash locked on, or just use the promo code locked on, no space, capital L, capital O at checkout. This is a guest I've been trying to get to here for a while now. And sometimes, you know, it gets difficult to coordinate, um, but we do make it happen from Uh, W-E-W-S, Miss Cameron Justice. First things first, Cameron, I want to uh, appreciate you and thank you for taking the time out for us today. And how is everything going?
0: Things are good, and thanks for having me on.
1: Oh, no problem at all.
0: Ready, getting ready for Brown's practice, and that's that's today.
1: Yes. And, you know, look, I mean, with, you know, Friday, obviously, I think the big news of the week, you know, uh, I mean, we know with Greg Newsom being out, but, you know, some other players, obviously, we're going to have to, you know, monitor here and you don't really get the extra day with a road game, uh, you know, as a team will be headed on out to Minnesota. Um, But Cameron, one reason I wanted to have you on here, um, you've, and this is something that's kind of gotten lost in, you know, the journalism world and the way news is delivered um but you were doing some great great in-depth pieces and we got you know several players the piece on tack mckinley i mean i gotta admit for me it was something i was nervous about with tack mckinley because it's just you know when somebody's gone for you know two to three weeks and you don't really know exactly what is going on you get really nervous about you know about the amount of time until they come back um but you've had the opportunity here to do some special things um so maybe talk a little bit about that for us
0: yeah yesterday um during thursdays practice session he was made available to media and he without going too much into detail you know recalled him being gone and then him being accepted back by the team and them rallying around him and it was a very moving you know conversation that he had with with people and those are the stories that I think get lost uh, a lot of the time and and you know yeah when he was gone it was like well where is this guy at is he going to make the team? I mean, is, wh- where is he at? Why is he not with the team? And, and it's easy to wonder, you know, why, why is someone not giving their all to the game in every given moment? Because you think, I mean, this is your job, right? But you also, it gets lost a lot of times that, that these players aren't just NFL players. And, yeah, they're making a bunch of money, and we, we all get that, and we all know that. But at the end of the day, they are still people. They're human beings, and everybody has things that they deal with and things that they need time to deal with and support to deal with. And so that across sports, but particularly in the NFL, with the nature of, you know, the game and it being such a tough sport, it gets lost that these players are people. And and then the Browns didn't lose that. The team didn't lose that. When Tack McKinley was gone, they made sure that he felt welcome back, got him back up to his speed, made sure that he didn't feel like he was alienated or not going to be a part of his team and got him back on track to to really perform and, and be the player that they thought they were getting when they signed him and they've had their eye on him for a while. So this is not, <laughs> not a give up kind of situation where, you know, he has a rocky start and some things happen. You stay behind him and, and again, we don't know what those personal things were, but and, and that's we don't need to at this point when when he's ready to open up if he's ready to open up and, and share more detail about what he went through and what he was dealing with that's up to him but at the end of the day these are people first players second and these are the kind of stories i really like to tell because it gets lost a lot of times that these are human beings and so it was it was great that he was able to share what he was able to share and what he was ready to share and and open up with everybody um on that and you know i feel privileged to be able to tell a story like that and i and i hope that the way that i told the story did it justice
1: Almost oh, certainly, and no pun intended. There at the end, obviously, <laughs> um, and, and the, you know, there's you know, the, and there's several layers to this. You know, obviously, the Tech McKinley journey last year. You know, as his career ended with the Falcons being a former number one overall pick, and then essentially lived the life of a vagabond, vagabond for the rest of the season, where it was you know waivers claimed, waivers claimed, waivers claimed, and yes, as Cameron said, you know, the Browns were in it every single time trying to get their hands on this player, somebody they you know certainly wanted to bring in the fold. Um, Just the pecking order of the waiver wire never really, you know, worked for them. Obviously, you know, with Tack being a free agent this offseason, it was a great opportunity for him to say, well, look, these folks really, really are interested in me. They certainly tried. So maybe there is a place for me here. And this is where, you know, the Browns organization and this is truly one of the things. Look, I mean, the success, we all love that. Obviously, we love the way the team, the makeup of it. But I love the fact that they are doing a lot to dismiss the old time football theory, you know, where players can't be people or, you know, somebody can't, you know, somebody's, you know, having a rough time off the field, not trouble, but just having a rough time off the field and embracing that and understanding, yes, they are people first. And this goes back to um, not even this past summer, the summer before with all that was going on, Andrew Barry, Coach Stefanski going to their players and saying, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to give you a problem for using your platform to speak about you know, social injustices, things of that nature. Not only are we going to tell you we don't want you to do that, we are going to encourage you to do that. And how can we help you? How can we assist you? Um, If you think there's an impact you can make, what can we do to, you know, help this impact not only, you know, get out there, but, you know, be stronger, be greater. And that's one of the things for me that I just love the makeup of the way this team from front office down is now is the fact is, yes, they work their butts off. They put in all the time. They put in all the effort. You know, they are a quality product. But the, pro- the thing is, is they don't view this as just, you know, football in between the lines and within the building. They get the entire picture of, you know, everybody being people, you know, having personalities, you know, having thoughts, having, you know, wanting to put yourself out there in the spotlight to try to see things that you think are wrong and make them better. I, I just love the makeup of this entire organization right now.
0: It's a it's a crazy thing to see all of the intricate changes that this new culture shift has brought. I mean, and it starts with that, with with people first, with creating. Because at the end of the day, what they're doing, yes, it's it's football and it's an entertaining product for the fans, for all of us to watch. But it's their job, it's their livelihood, it's their career, and so. They're not only creating, you know, a winning culture on the football field, but they're creating a culture uh, and a great work environment, a workplace environment for all of these players, for the coaches, for the training staff, for everybody involved in the organization. They're, They're creating this great place that people want to be, and it's on the football field, it's off the football field, it's in the facilities, it's the way that they approach them off the field, and they are friends with them, their family, like they... They call and check in. They text and check in. They hang out all the time. I've written stories about that, That those bonds, those friendships that they hang out with, like, together and, you know, really have made these connections that will last deeper than just one season. I mean, no matter, obviously, the nature of the business is you see these players come and go, but you will, when they, and if they, and when they leave this team and continue their career on other teams or end their careers any any of that they will still be close this is what's happening in this organization i think is really special because this is the kind of team that maintains their connections you, you see it with you know the, the bernie Kozar area they, they all of them are friends still they all hang out and it's because of, like that was a culture back then too and it's it's crazy to see the shift from where that team was just a few years ago, and now here they are. And because it starts with off-the-field stuff, and then it translates on the field, and now we're seeing this product out here and this team that is very much a Super Bowl contender on paper and as the weeks go on and these things start to click i think we're starting to see that come to fruition more in in person and it's a journey for sure and it's been a a wild one and i think it's one that i think i hope fans look back and appreciate these changes as as they're seeing this team develop and come into their own
1: and and you look at you know you know where you know players like Kareem Hunt Malik McDowell you know these these were guys um you know, whose careers were kind of in doubt, and you know, at, at some points, you know their you know their personal well being in life were in doubt, and you know now they've gotten into a situation where you know they've thrived, and you know maybe Tack McKinley's situation, and I don't want to speak on it, obviously, maybe a little bit different from Malik McDowell and Kareem Hunt, um, but you know him getting being able to get himself right, and you know and having being able to have the courage to say in an NFL locker room to say to your coaching staff to say to your front office. You know, I, I I need to tap out for a little bit. You know, things just aren't right. You know, I need to get, you know, essentially my house in order in order to be the, you know, best member of this 53-man roster I can be. And it's, you know, it, it, there's it, it, you say football is family, but it gets so lost um, within a locker room at times over the years. And now to see the way it's working um, within this, you know, Browns unit, it, A, it's refreshing. B, and you just, it makes you enjoy the product even more. Um, we're going to continue a little bit more here with Cameron. We're going to get to some thoughts here on the offense. We're going to get to some thoughts here on the defense as we continue through here on Friday. Uh, Browns' one o'clock kickoff in Minnesota on Sunday as Coach Stefanski takes himself back home where it all began, so to speak, in his coaching career. Hey, Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app who everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cashback on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cashback and there is no catch the cashback gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon or other brands just download the free get upside out use the promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cashback on your first tank again promo code touch The offensive side of the ball, Cameron, I think week one, absolutely just clicking. There was no way around it. Um, A little bit later in the game, maybe, you know, I think after Nick Chubb's fumble, maybe, you know, slow down a little bit. Slow starts in week two, slow starts in week three. And that's not the worst thing in the world. This is a talented team. They can overcome these type of things. Um, So we're getting some thoughts here on the offense. And this may be something where they might not be able to do it this week. Minnesota can score points. They may not be the class of the NFC North, um, but they can score points. And, you know, you need to come out a little bit confident here offensively on the road in what's going to be a hostile environment in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things and I think it's going to be, it, it might be something we see for a bit with the Browns offense and that slow start is because they're so dedicated to establishing the run game. And they should be. They've got Nick Chubb. They've got Kareem Hunt. That's something you want to do, and you want to break them through. But you know, that's that's something that might take some time. You know, might take the first quarter, even the second quarter, and you see them explode in the second half, especially Nick Chubb in that fourth quarter. Everybody has seen it. Everybody knows how Nick Chubb is explosive in that fourth quarter. So, you know, I don't think it necessarily needs to be this big, giant explosion of offense right off the jump in every game because if they're so you know, adamant about making sure they are pushing that run game, pushing Nick Chubb through, pushing Kareem Hunt, and trying to wear down that opposing defensive line so they can open up the run game and find these holes and and tire them out. I think that's you're going to see a lot of that, some runs here, maybe not too far, just pushing and pushing and pushing them. And in between, because Baker Mayfield's game is, so attuned to that and that's I mean this is what he is really designed for is then you'll see those those quick passes utilizing the tight ends, finding the wide receivers like Odell Beckham jr. now that he's back, um, and then using the versatile andmetririx sulton and mixing in and you've got like, the tight ends you've got Dave Njoku and Austin Hooper who that can those connections look pretty solid so far already. Um, and so Baker's asset the greatest asset I think on the offense is distributing the ball and mixing it up and not feeling pressure to target one too many things. So I think the big thing is obviously establishing that run game. And so you do that a little bit while you're mixing up your offensive looks. And I think they've done a nice job at that. And so some some teams are definitely going to be easier to to break that run game in and and tire them out a little bit quicker and and so i think that will depend as as the season goes on how they approach these things and the vikings defense is not the best obviously in the league but it is something that they can 100 percent give the browns run game uh a test and it might take some time and because their offense is so similar to the Browns, I really do think this is going to be a tight one on Sunday. I think this is going to be one where you'll see that versatility, uh, that that switch between running and passing. You've got Kirk Cousins, who is like a, a not as talented as Baker Mayfield. I think the ceiling for Baker Mayfield is past Kirk Cousins. And so that's why. I, but I think that the games are very, very similar. And I think Sunday will be a very interesting game. I think anyone who think like is counting the Vikings out just because of who they are, um, is giving them a, a they're doing a disservice. I think because they are competitors, they can compete. And I think the Browns you don't want to fall into a trap game. And I think the Browns could find themselves in a in a really tough standing here with with the Vikings. But uh, you know, I think offensively the Browns have so many weapons and it's just making sure you use them at the right time and not stray away from your game plan because something isn't working and Kevin Stefanski has shown he's doing that and it pays off at the long run in those in that third and fourth quarter. The run game has been just monstrous and Baker Mayfield aside from some rough, rough starts uh, you know. It, not not great in week three um early on but he's been so accurate and i think then not to you know completely disregard the weapons but i i think one of the big questions and one of the big things that we've seen and should improve um baker mayfield's accuracy in week three not as not as good as his start but i think that is mostly to do with the offensive line, and in particular, Jedrick Wills fighting through uh, that ankle injury. And as as much as you, you would want to see him maybe rest and not exaggerate that, that injury, you have to also think of it on the Brown side. If, if it was maybe Chris Hubbard able to be plugged in there, uh, a little bit stronger at left tackle than Blake Hance is, maybe a little bit more comfortable with letting uh, Jed rest through it, but it, you got to toughen him up. You've got to, and at the same time, you've got to assure that you've got the best coverage of Baker Mayfield on that side. You've got to protect your quarterback. And perhaps Jedrick Wills injured is a little stronger than even Blake Hans at left tackle. And Chris Hubbard has been out with that triceps injury, so I think that's that's a thing to look at. Is while the while Baker, you know. He got sacked a couple times even against the Bears, and it looked a little rough, and I think that that's something to consider is as the weeks go on. You hope that one, you know, Chris Hubbard comes back in um, and he's able to maybe plug in a little bit, and Blake they called him up in week three against the Bears when Jed was out for a, a bit, not the whole game, just through a couple stretches, a couple series and sequences. I think that's Something that as Chris Hubbard gets healthy, maybe Jed can sit a little bit more, um, and then his ankle will be fully healthy, and that offensive line we know is dominant. So these weaknesses and these slip ups and these, this lack of protection on Baker through points of it I think stem just directly to those injuries, and, and once they're able to get to a point where everybody is, you know, they're fresh, they're back, they're able to go, the, that will be less of a worry and less of an issue. And and like I said, everything else has just been on point. Besides those those few slip-ups, Baker has been accurate. He has been throwing the ball smartly, and also you know in some big plays, he's been spreading that ball out, utilizing all of the offensive weapons that he has. There's not been pressure. Odell has just made his debut, so it's just one game, but. It didn't look like he was force feeding him like we saw last season. That was that was kind of the downfall of the two mm-hmm. of their connection. And, um, and 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 so you didn't you didn't see that in week week three against the Bears. And you hope you don't see that moving forward. You just you used Odell for what he is. You fit him into the offense. You don't fit the offense around him. And I think they did a really nice job of that in week three. Week four, we should see something very similar, um, but maybe a little bit more explosive as the the Vikings offense as well has those weapons and they have those threats. So mixing it up and and giving them almost the same kind of looks that the Vikings will probably give the Browns, I think Odell might be used a little bit more and Baker's arm might be tested a little bit more as they break through their defensive line and, and establish that run game.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, mean, a couple, of, you know, uh, takes here from you know, uh, you know what you now just basically, you know, basically went into detail on. I think Odell, it was you know, plays where he got the ball. He was the first read. He was open. It was nothing was forced to him. He was the first read. He was open. You throw it to the guy who's open. Simple, simple, simple. I don't think anything there was forced. So I agree with you. <clears throat> I love the fact that this team sometimes when they're struggling or the game is close can basically just say, you know what, we're hell with the pass game. We've got 24, we've got 27. We've got five offensive linemen who are absolute beasts. Um, we're just going to shove the ball down your throat, and most likely there's going to be nothing you can do about it. And I go back to Baker being, uh, you know, mic'd up against Houston. I don't care. If you're not sure of the assignment, I'll tell you. I don't care if they even know what we're running because that's how strongly, you know, they feel about, you know, what they can do as an offense. Um, and then as far as um, Jedrick Wills, and I thought it was it, it was kind of poetic, I guess, for J.C. Treader to speak on it yesterday. Because if anybody knows about you know trying to manage Monday to Saturday to be ready for Sunday, obviously it's J.C. Shredder. Um, so him speaking about that on Jedrick Wills, and I know for a fact um, nobody in that building thought Jedrick Wills was going to play Week Two against Houston. You know they put him through a workout in the morning, and I mean they were stunned. They were absolutely stunned that he you know had progressed to the point where they were comfortable putting him out there. And you know, look, I mean, you, you never want to have to deal with it. And maybe it's something that eventually, if you can you know nurse him to the bye. Or you find a week where you, it looks like an easier enough matchup, you can sit them. But for Jedrick Wills, you know credit to him. Um, but this is what you're paid to do. So you find a way. If you're able to go Sunday, you're able to go. It's just kind of the way it works. And the one thing offensively, what I'm looking forward to Sunday is because Coach Stefanski and Coach Zimmer know each other so well. Um, who's going to be the first one to blink? Who's going to be the first one to do something, you know, that the other's not ready for or, you know, the other said, man, I never saw that, you know, he's never done that before. And I do wonder if it involves somebody like Anthony Schwartz, um, who had a big impact week one, been kind of quiet since. And you can always find if you can gadget scheme, open a guy with four, three speed uh, should be interesting. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to go to defensive side, get some thoughts here from Cameron as first two weeks, you know, the defense was kind of finding their way. But, you know, come week three against the Bears, nah, they didn't, they didn't just find their way. Uh, they basically crashed through the door. Some more coming here on Locked On Browns. And always appreciate you guys for making us your first listen. Did you know that Bilt Bar has many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they are certainly passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, simply put, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. I am still a Mint Brownie guy. Certainly tastes like the Girl Scout cookie. One of my favorites. If you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you should get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are the Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, they are healthy too. Uh, Most of the macros, uh, the dietary setup, of the Bilt Bar, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Bilt.com. Use promo code on, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code on for 15% off at built.com. Joe Woods, for his time here, Cameron, has been somebody that's kind of gotten a bad rap. Last year, I felt bad for the guy. His vision on defense, his talent on defense, just wasn't there. He didn't have it. Um, Week one, Ronnie Harrison gets ejected. Five plays into the game. Grant Delpit doesn't dress. Here we are back to the same old story of Joe Woods has this theory of wanting to play a lot of defensive backs, wanting to play as fast as players. And he's shorthanded. Week two, we get our first taste of Grant Delpit. Um, and I think for the wait, it was certainly worth it. Um, week three, the, again, I don't know what the Bears did, folks, in starting Justin Fields with a game plan that was basically set up for Andy Dalton. It was a terrible, terrible idea, um, especially when you knew Justin Fields was going to start all week long. But you finally got to see basically the total package of what this Browns defense could be, a ferocious pass rush, interchangeable players, um, in the secondary, that can kind of double as linebackers, whether it's Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, whether it's Ronnie Harrison, whether it's Grant Delpit. Um, we're going to get to see Greedy Williams this week. Haven't seen Greedy Williams play an NFL game in about 21, 22 months at this point. And the craziest thing of all this, Cameron, is you know one of the other biggest names they signed in the offseason, John Johnson III, really hasn't gotten anything going yet. So as great as the defense was last week, um, there's the potential for it to maybe start to take yet another step step up if we can get John Johnson the third involved a little bit more here.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I mean Joe Woods has he's been very open about it, and I think a lot of times you get impatient waiting for these things. The players have said it too. The more they're able to execute, the more exotic they'll be able to be on their defense. And you know Joe Woods, he wants those extra DBs. He wants to play those packages where he's You know he's in dime he wants to he wants to have those defensive backs and honestly the makeup of the team the strength of the team it makes sense but you have to have those guys available and you have to be able to execute uh, to a level in which you're able to give different looks and you're able to start mixing things in and they've talked about you know disguises and all of that that only works when you're at when you're running at a high level and so for Joe Woods to be able to do what I'm assuming he has laid out in very great detail to Kevin Stefanski, to Andrew Berry, about what how he wants his defense to look, how he wants them to operate and, and, and to be able to operate, they have to be able to execute. So week three, the Browns defense executed. They all looked great. Now John Johnson obviously does. He needs to step that up and have have that, you know, that big debut in Cleveland. Those and, and I think as this defense starts to gel, probably we'll start to see that more. Uh, but week three was a very promising thing for the Browns in the sense that obviously we know that Miles Garrett can step up. He he's, he talked about being chipped a lot, and that's why he wasn't really around. He's setting up these plays for his teammates to make, and it's not happening, and it was almost frustrating. Uh, and I think that's a message that was delivered to the defense, and they stepped up, Miles Garrett single-game record, four-and-a-half sacks for the Browns. That's That performance in itself would have been impressive, but the team stepped up, too, and nine total sacks. Everyone's getting in the mix. You've got even your rookies, Jeremiah Lusikorma, getting a half sack in there. He's been flying around, making plays. The defense executed what Joe Woods calls his light menu uh, to, a, to a good – level. I mean that was that was as good as I think that you could you could hope for. It was a, it was a really good defensive performance and that is just the top layer of what Joe Woods wants to do. So, as the weeks go on, as they approach this Vikings offense and and you hope that they can execute similarly, probably obviously not going to be a a nine-sack game. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to be the same kind of performance, but but not making mistakes, not blowing coverage, that's what you want to see. You want to see them execute fluidly through that game plan and as these weeks go on, then Joe Woods will be able to do what he says that he wants to do and what he's been promised to do, um, promising to do. And But it starts with the, the execution, and I think week three was that really good step uh, into doing that, into into showing Joe Woods, like the player showing Joe Woods that they can execute <laughs> like menu of defensive schemes and defensive looks that he's giving them to put out on the field uh, so that he can step it up and, and get a little bit more creative and, and use that versatility of these players like Ronnie Harrison, like Jeremiah Usu koromoa that's, that's what he's looking for. That's why they have these players. That's why they got them, and they all have something in common here. They all have that versatility, that that ability to play all over the field, to make moves vertically, horizontally on the field. They're quick. They're good at changing directions. You saw Jeremiah Lusikoromo That I use his name so much because mm-hmm. to me that was that was the performance that you know really blew me away. It's what I kind of was hoping for. I don't know if I necessarily expected it so early from him, but. What I hoped for out of him, what we were able to see him do and then and, and then the way that he was able to change up his direction and make plays on the ball, that's what the Browns defense can look like. And it's not just with him, it's with so many of their defensive guys have the ability to do so many different things and to and to do and give so many different looks and play the ball, pass rush, run block, it's all like it's all so intricate and that's the thing is like to to be able to give their all they have to be able to execute to the simplest things that joe woods is is throwing out there and i think that's what we're seeing right now is that early indication that all right we've clicked now we execute more and then joe woods we'll see what he's made of we'll see we'll see why the the browns took him as their their dc because I don't think that he's been able to give what he's he's wanted to give, and I think this should be very exciting for him now that the defense is relatively healthy. Obviously, Greg Newsom out for uh, you know Sunday, and then you hope he gets back sooner. He's not on IR, so not more than three weeks, you'd hope. Um, but with that calf injury, you hope he gets back because you want uh, you want the healthiest defense that you can have. Obviously, you want to. the the healthiest team that you can have overall but defensively they already struggled with those injuries last season you don't want another season of that because you you don't want excuses you want to be able to see exactly what this defense is capable of and exactly what joe woods is capable of directing this defense to do so health to me is the first top priority and then and then execution and then we'll be able to see really what this defense can do
1: yeah, and with uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromo, I-, I think the thing that I take away most from is he is just this blend of obviously a great athlete. Um, it's it, it, an extremely intelligent player at, at you know just being a rookie. He sees things very very quickly. He processes very very quickly. And the thing is, is tackling ability, ferocious with it. This week, I think one of the bigger keys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Kirk cousins, you know, he understands he is not the gifted athlete that, that a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL are, and he's got no business holding the ball too long. And he's done a great job to this point, uh, you know, from snap out of his hands, 2.4 seconds. And I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to even, you know, speed up that clock a little bit more this week, knowing there's a Jadavian Clowney, a Miles Garrett, and obviously all the other boys coming after him. But Kirk cousins is also a very accurate quarterback. So I think the big key here. He's going to be, you know, you're going to understand he's going to complete passes. Um, but it, it needs to stop there. Receiver catches the ball, receiver needs to go down. And that's where we'll see more of JOK. We'll see Grant. We'll see uh, Ronnie Harrison in this regard. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins is a whole different, you know, ball of wax as opposed to Justin Fields in his first start. You've got to make sure that if he completes a pass for six yards, it stays at six yards. It doesn't turn into 15, 20, 25. That's
0: exactly right. And that was the thing that we saw last season in particular. A lot of that, where it should have been a down, and there was a missed tackle or a blown coverage, and the receiver just went for yards and yards, and that shouldn't be an issue anymore with the players he had. And I and I do appreciate that you mentioned Grant Delpit too, because just his his debut was a massive debut. That's the, that's the splash, making splash plays, you know, and fans have been waiting to see him. Coaches have been waiting to see him. He's been waiting to get out there, and I think that was a taste of what he's able to provide to the Browns. And I think that if that continues, that's just that's just more proof that this Browns defense is capable of eliteness. It really is, and it's because it's that it's the speed to me is what stands out. Is just like they are so quick and they're so f all, there's so many just. Pure athletes on that on that defensive side. It's just it's really impressive to think about what they could what they could possibly do, uh, and with these players and you know week three was a good start, but like you said, you've got to you've got to be able to contain Kirk Cousins and really to be able to he should he Kirk Cousins should look to be what he is, and we know what we know who Kirk Cousins was. We know we know who he is. He's he's a quarterback that we've we've seen for years and I there's no question to the feeling and I I talked about this last week with Justin Fields getting the start. It was a little worrisome, you know, because you don't know you don't know who Justin Fields. We didn't know who Justin Fields was going to be. as a rookie and so you should exploit that and the Browns did, uh thankfully and that that's what you're hoping for but and you have these situations, and it could have been Andy Dalton said, I think I would have preferred Andy Dalton uh, just be, like before the game actually started, obviously, because <laughs> <Justin laughs> he made the Browns, you know, they had a day with him. But Andy Dalton, you, you knew who he was. He's been in the league for years. You know what his feeling was, and there's no surprise to be had, and I think that's kind of the same uh, situation with with Kirk Cousins you know who Kirk Cousins is you know what he's able to do Uh, and so he shouldn't be able to take advantage of you because you should be able to have a game plan for the highest that he's able to play which is not very high relatively speaking to the great quarterbacks that are in this league right now
1: Yeah, and it's going to be a fun one, and uh, I don't think anybody should be, uh, you know, poo-pooing this game or sleeping on this game, Um, and the Browns need to, uh, you know, show that they can take this party on the road. Uh, You know, the Kansas City effort was good. Um, Certainly wasn't good enough for Kansas City. That effort would probably be good enough this week against the Minnesota Vikings as Coach Stefanski returns to where it all began, 1 o'clock kickoff Sunday in Minnesota. She is Miss Cameron Justice from WEWS, at Cam Justice, if you're not following. Um, Cam's work is just absolutely, as this Browns product has gotten much better, Cam's work has just exploded. Um, You know, and she's just, I love to see it. I love to see somebody, you know, get the opportunity and just crush it, which is, you know, totally what Cameron has done to this point. Um, So I want to thank her for her time here today. Um, She's got to get going. Uh, There's still work to be done for a Friday practice. Um, So uh, for everybody, um, appreciate you all being along for the week. Um, we will talk to you uh, you know, right after kickoff on Sunday, good, bad, whatever. You know we'll be here hitting the record button, getting you guys the best content we hear on Locked On Browns. We appreciate you all for making Locked On Browns your first listen. Again, whatever podcast platform it is, we are free, always will be at Locked On Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.